Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Are We There Yet? I'm Katie Gossett. And when babies are born, we have to listen to a lot of this. Yep, and then more crying. But when they get older, some of what comes out of their mouths isn't much better. Mostly the F word. Yes, they haven't heard the one worse than that. Oh, well, the usual sort of explicit sexual words. They sort of band those around. Things like, you know, poo bum and, you know, just all that potty language. And sometimes it actually catches us off guard. I had a very interesting situation with my first child at two and a half calling me an effing effer in the middle of a supermarket once. It's one of those moments where it just boomed across the whole place. Everyone went silent and all you could hear was him swearing. It's mostly offer oh, F's sake or quite often directed at his little sister. You're such a effing bee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So swearing has really come a long way. The other day I was reading a book by Jane Austen in which the word damn, expressed by a bit of a caddish character, was written with just a D because the word was considered so profane that it couldn't actually be printed in a book. It was also hard to find much in the audio archives on swearing, although I did find this memoir from the veteran New Zealand broadcaster Elwyn Owen talking about his childhood back in the 30s and the only cool kid in school who would dare to swear. He was a 12-year-old macho man, and the only one in junior high to use that F word fearlessly and frequently in public. Remember, this was nearly 50 years ago. You certainly wouldn't see that word written on the walls of the bike shed. It wasn't even a word used in private by most of us. So things have changed. There was a time when swearing was beyond the pale. Now we've loosened up a bit and maybe realised it's not always about the words themselves, but the intent behind them that's important. And of course, everyone has different standards. Swearing means different things for different people. For some, it's an absolute no. For others, there's a time and a place. And for others, well, there's always a time and a place. That's our clinical psychologist, Catherine Gallagher. It's really important to know with swearing that this is a really fluid issue. So in reality, we may not be able to control whether our kids swear or not, but we certainly can manage it and make it less likely if that's an important issue for us. Your kids are going to be exposed to different influences. And if you react big time, then in a child's mind, it becomes an even bigger trump card to pull out when they're angry and want a reaction. We could try to ignore it. Ignoring is certainly one of the options to go for, and some go for it really effectively. But it only works if you're actually truly ignoring, not just pretending to. So the clenched teeth are normally a really good clue that you're actually not ignoring. And typically when we're pretending not to listen and getting more and more frustrated by it, then we don't tend to be able to sustain that too well and um, tend to blow up, you know, despite our best efforts. So we kind of need to have some strategy to put in place before we lose our cool. It is about validating the feeling that might sit behind the swearing and then put choices in front of your child. I stop listening, sweetheart, when you start swearing. Or the only place swearing will get you in this house is in your room, so it's completely up to you. So being able to be calm, we're not going, oh my God, you're swearing. 
but it's actually being really real about it, but saying this isn't okay. And hopefully again, getting in there sooner while we're still calm. After all, these are our homes, so we get to set the tone. Again, that doesn't mean we're always going to get in there and prevent it before it happens. Sometimes it's about managing when it does. I think if we set the bar that our child should never say anything like that, when they do, we're coming from the back foot. <laughs> you know, we're coming, we get a fright, and we can overreact. And of course that's okay. But if our child works out that these are some things we can say that get a really big reaction, then sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is actually to emotionally prepare ourselves for it, underreact, and just have a consequence we put in place. Go, well, actually, we don't speak to each other in the house like that. You know, away you go and setting a clear consequence in place. Of course, some things are more provoking than others. I mean, there's swearing, and then there's swearing. If I'm yelling into your face, I hate your effing guts. And that's a very different scenario from storming off to my room and swearing under my breath. With the storming off scenario, they are actually complying, even if not happily. And so to drag them back can mean we're actually making a bigger deal of it than required. So sometimes it really is about picking your battles. My son is really bad at it, so I try and minimise it here, particularly around grandparents. And when they're out of the house, I just let them do what they do because you can't stop it. We have, in the past, got them to bite the soap. All of them, I think, at some point have actually bitten the soap. And so the phrase in our house has become, do you need to bite the soap? And I'll go, no, and we go, right, we'll do it again. <laughs> One thing that's harder to let slide is the unpleasant feeling that you're being disrespected. If we are underreacting to swearing, it can feel like the kids are also going to get away with the disrespect. Remember, this is actually about growing a little human being who's learning self-control. And that self-control is growing incrementally. And there's going to be lots of battles. And you don't need to worry, even if you feel like you haven't won this moment, there's a whole campaign <laughs> that you can invest in. And you're the commander, you know, even though the child might tell you otherwise. So remember, it's about taking a breath and realising if I'm calm and I'm strategically managing the stuff I need to manage, then the campaign's going to work out in the end. And ultimately, it's going to be your child making decisions for themselves around how they want to be with their language. And they might actually not be as loose as you think. So parents can often worry as swearing can signal that my child is out of control. I'd hazard a guess that most kids aren't swearing in front of their school principal. And so you can probably relax a little bit about the forthcoming arrest warrant. They're able to show self-control in some settings. So that's a good thing. <laughs> At least the teachers are thinking you're a good parent. Often home is where we feel the safest and where adults are emotionally attached big time. And so swearing allows us to get really good bang for our buck. So that's often where it becomes more powerful. And let's face it, it can have a real impact. You know, the worst words don't always start with an F. So go and kill yourself or I hate you, can be really hard for parents to hear. It's important not to ignore, but it's also really important not to react to these phrases. We want to look at context, timing, because often, again, even these really, really hard things to hear can be aimed at getting a reaction. Not because our kid is manipulating us, but because they've actually got a really big feeling and they need you to pay attention to it. That doesn't mean we take them off down to the psych emergency department, but what it means is that we are just taking a breath and looking at the feeling behind those comments and checking in with our child, possibly when the dust has settled. I'm going to kill myself can be another thing that's said in anger. Again, check with your child, but try and not overreact. As if it's happened in anger and there's no other indicators of low mood or changes in behaviour, and it's not an issue when they're not angry, just breathe, validate the feeling that might be behind the statement and monitor the situation. 
it can become a really powerful phrase if we let it. And coming to that idea of how we feel and our emotions, some of dealing with this involves looking in the mirror. What are we modelling to them? I never swore in front of the kids when they were little. No matter what, they never heard me swear. And one day I just lost it and I must have figured in the back of my head that they're old enough now and and I let an F-bomb go and they looked at me and rolled their eyes and went, oh, mama. And then I was like, but I still felt good because I'd released many, many years of tension. My kids don't swear. I don't understand why they swear way too much. I don't know why they don't swear, actually. They should, really. <laughs> you almost sound disappointed. No, well, I'm not disappointed. I just, I don't understand. I think sometimes you just get so frustrated. They're just coming at you and at you and at you, and then all of a sudden you think, right, I can't do this anymore, and you just like, you know, for God's sake, would you shut up? Might plant the F-bomb on him or something when he's being particularly irritating. <laughs> But it is hard when we're feeling hit up not to react. A useful thing to be aware of is when am I swearing? Am I swearing because I've got really angry? And if I'm swearing because I've got really angry, I'm probably more concerned about the getting really angry. And that's the bit where actually looking at how I manage my child's behaviour, how I'm calming myself down, am I looking after myself, is a really important part of that. Because I think if swearing happens in the context of a really angry parent, that can actually be really worrying to a kid. I think if a swearing is like it's off the cuff and, and someone swears like that, then I don't have a magic potion for it. But I also then would say, don't expect your kids not to do that. This is not all about child behaviour change. We've got to kind of look at ourselves and go, well, if I really have a hard time controlling it, I'm going to have to expect to see it in my kids. So maybe it becomes a conversation about when it's okay or appropriate to swear. Because I suspect, as an adult, you don't necessarily mouth off to your boss. So there will be certain situations where we as adults don't swear either. And what's that about? (laughs) So again, I suppose it's just about reflecting and looking back at ourselves and going, well, what is our process? And if in fact we do want home to feel like a safe place where I can swear if I want to, to then put our child up to the standard that they can't, being slightly inconsistent there. So the lesson might be how to swear cleverly <laughs> you know <laughs> or swap out some words or just know the safe spaces to swear to come up with some me oldie ones <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah. i had to laugh my youngest son came in telling tales on his oldest brother saying mum mum you know he's just said the f word and i went oh what did he say and he goes shit and i was like oh do i correct his spelling So again, you know, swearing in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's our relationship to it, hey? And it's about balance. I think sometimes it's about humour too. Let's go back to 1956 and a gruelling 11-5 victory by the All Blacks over the Springboks at Eden Park. And listen to the roar. Listen to the roars I call for Don Clark and Peter and Jones. And with the nation listening, a triumphant Peter Jones delivered this wee nugget. I hope I never play the tougher games I did today. I'm absolutely buggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Peter Jones for you. He's rough and he's tough, but 
You've got to admire him, he's honest. That came as a shock back in 1956. But of course, in New Zealand, where rugby is concerned, people are prepared to be quite forgiving. He's the only man that said that over the broadcasting service and got away with it. But most of us do let rip from time to time, with a swear word, I know I do, and our children are usually the first to notice and to comment. They are monitoring our behaviour, and so if there's a chance to react or to, to kind of give us a bit of a go or a serve, they're going to take that opportunity. And again, that's a bit of that rupture and repair, is to go, whoa, I'm learning too. And, you know, I'm a swearer, so I hope it doesn't sound like I'm sitting on any moral high ground here. It's just trying to increase our awareness, because kids will pick up what they hear. The fact is, most kids are going to try swearing, if nothing else, just to fit in. I think every person would be lying if they said they haven't had it at some point as your children are reaching teenage years. The teenagers sort of seem to be terrible around each other, and I don't know why it is that they think it makes them look cool. They use terms that as a parent, you're kind of going, oh, that sounds really derogatory. I would never say that to my friends, but they're like, oh, that's how everyone talks. So maybe we just need to stick to our principles in the home and over the words that matter and just let the rest slide. You know, let's be a little bit real, swearing can be really satisfying. You know, I certainly know there are times when expletives serve a purpose. And so I think it's really around you as as parents setting a tone for how you want your general dialogue or, or climate to be within your home. But again, you know, the old F-bomb, it's not breaking your child either if it comes out of your mouth or it comes out of theirs. So let's not panic. But if you don't want it to be a pattern of behaviours, then using some of the strategies we've talked about can be really helpful. And that's it for this episode. F*** if I can think of anything else to say about swearing, so I'm going to bug off now. This podcast was produced and presented by me, Katie Gossett, with input from Adam McCauley. Alex Harmer is our studio engineer, and Tim Watkin, the executive producer. And the archival audio comes from Na Taonga Sound and Vision. If you enjoyed this, you'll find other episodes on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and the podcast page at rnz.co.nz. While you're there, have a listen to some of our other content, like Our Changing World, stories about science and the environment. And remember to join me next time when I look at how we can gradually let go of the reins and give our children a bit more freedom as they get older. 